This is 680 CJOB. Happy holidays, everyone. It's Kevin Bergen. This is the main ingredient. Timing on the snowfall is perfect. It's going to be a white Christmas, and that, I think, is perfect for the holidays. That said, my first guest is my good friend Jessica Welichenko, also known as Salads Are Sweet on Instagram, to talk about her holiday survival guide to help you navigate nutritionally through the holidays. Jess, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Welcome to the main ingredient. You're, this is like your 10th time, isn't it? Oh, it's good to be back. You're, you're trying to take it. over my show, aren't you? I have missed it. Yeah, Thanks man. for inviting me back. How you been? Oh, it's been good. I mean, this time of year is always crazy, but you got to enjoy it. And you know why I invite you this time of year? I always, I literally either invite you right before Christmas or right after New Year's. So why are you inviting me this time of year? Uh, because, you know, Christmas time... It's full of food that I really like to eat. You know how much I love food. Yes. Right. And I know that you have a holiday, holiday. I know you have a holiday survival guide, right? That's right. And that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. So that's brave, Kevin, that you invite a dietitian on your show to talk about a holiday survival guide before Christmas. I know. I re- you know, it's a, it's a love-hate thing. I don't want to hear what, you wanna, what you're going to say, but I want to hear what you're going to say. Okay. You'll like it. I know. So I've created a... 12-step holiday survival guide so that all holiday long you can eat, drink, be merry and bright without feeling bloated or uptight. You're such you love it. <laughs> it's the How truth. Long How long did it take you to make that up? Huh? Well, you know what? It came to me naturally because I don't want people to feel uptight about the food choices that they're making. And then oftentimes you're eating such random different foods that your stomach doesn't feel that good all Mm -hmm, the time. So mm -hmm. to feel bloated and uptight during the holidays, people are like, yeah, for sure, that's something that I always feel, but it doesn't have to be that way. Right, and a lot of times when you're telling people that they, they always, it kind of feels like you're enforcing rules on them, you know, as far as what they can and can't eat during Christmas, when that's not the case, just little tweaks, right? Exactly, because the second we say don't do something or do something. You want to do the opposite. That's human nature, right? Especially you because you're such a rebel. Yeah, and I'm five years old. All right, so let's go through your holiday guide. I want to go through it extensively because I need it. You need it. I need it bad. Mm -hmm. If you do want to get this guide in a full print version, it's available on my website, Mm saladsaresweet.com or on Instagram as well at saladsaresweet. But my first tip, Kevin, don't skip breakfast ever. Okay, you know what? That's a, that's an easy tip for me. I've never been a fan of not eating breakfast because, on the you know contrary to popular belief, when lunchtime comes around, I'm not really that hungry if I skip. And plus, it's the most important meal of the day, is it not? Yes, you're saying all the things I like to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why do you think it's important to maintain regular eating patterns during the holidays? Um, maybe so you don't binge on things that you shouldn't. A lot of times, if you work where I work during the day, it's all about people bringing in baked goods, like cookies for breakfast. If you don't eat breakfast, you're eating cookies or somebody's baked something awesome and you're not saying no to it. You're going to eat twice as much of it because you haven't eaten breakfast. Exactly. So that is the main reason. There's so many treats and goodies around this time of year and you want to enjoy those and not overdo it, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're hungry because you skipped a meal, you're going to overdo it. So that is tip number one. Don't skip breakfast. Got it. Tip number two, eat slowly and savor. Okay, so when you say eat slowly, you don't mean, hey, just chew your food slowly. You mean just kind of slow down instead of just cramming it all in like five minutes. Maybe just eat it and enjoy it. 
Is that what yeah. you mean? So think of your favorite, what is your favorite holiday baking treat, let's say? Cookies, any kind. So any type of Christmas cookie, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you take a shortbread cookie. You could put the whole thing in your mouth. <laughs> I can. Right? Yeah, you could <laughs> and pop I do. and you do. <laughs> but how much do you actually enjoy it? Like you can't even breathe when you put the whole thing in your mouth and then you're chewing it, do you actually taste it? If you were to take that same so cookie <laughs> and do three bites, you'd eat slow and savor. It's pretty funny because as you're, as we're as we're talking about that, I'm thinking, of course I enjoy it because I put one in my mouth, then I'm looking at the tray because I've got three more in my hand waiting to go in. Right. Right? So you might actually reduce your cookie consumption by half if you took at least two bites out of it. Okay. You know, but I'm, the point is get more enjoyment out of the same amount of food that you eat. Right. Just kind of maybe work it around your palate and enjoy and look at what you eat before you stuff it in your face. Exactly. Okay. That's a good tip. So the third tip, no surprise here, eat your darn veggies. What do you think about that? (laughs) Okay, so you're saying don't skip veggies. You're saying even though you're eating a lot of junk food, make sure that you keep your regular veggie routine in check. Right, because, you know, when we think of holiday eating, it's not just about the calories. It's not just about... Oh, all of these higher fat dips or spreads or cheeses or these cookies that we should avoid because they're high in sugar. It's not always about avoiding things. Mm-hmm. You still need to fuel your body with the right type of food, the right type of nutrients. Right. So when you're at a holiday potluck, don't skip over the salads. Don't skip over the veggie tray. Still put that stuff on your plate it's and then tip. have all the other things that you want. It's a big tip for me. That's a big tip. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one to work <laughs> it in. It's terrible. Because I'm like, man, I can't fit those veggies in. My plate's full already, right? So I should put the, <laughs> should put the veggies on first. That is, a, that is a consciously, of course, I know I should do that. But now that but now I'm Now hearing... I'm actually saying, you know, eat your darn veggies. It's so important. Right. Okay. You know what? I'm going to follow that one. I promise. So tip number four, yeah. never arrive hungry. That's almost like the tip of never go shopping hungry because then you just buy all sorts of junk. Right. Right. So have you ever went to a buffet or a potluck lunch when you are starving? Right. Then you fill your plate with everything. You know what I mean? Like, so you're going through the buffet with people behind you and you almost don't even look at what you're loading your plate with. You just load it because you got room on your plate. Yeah. And you're so hungry and you have room on your plate. Oh, yeah. And... You know, you may think, okay, well, I have a holiday party tonight, so I want to save up, right? I'm going to skip lunch today because I want to save up and eat a little bit more tonight. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. We always overeat. When you take the fact that you're hungry, you're physically hungry and wanting food, and you layer that on tempting foods around you, Mm -hmm. you will have essentially a big chance of you just overeating on foods you typically wouldn't, right? 100%. So always have a snack even before some of your holiday parties. Should that snack be something healthy, I'm assuming? Well, Just to kind of get it in. That way, if you skip it at the party, at least you know that you got something. You're going to eat less of the junk, and at least you got something really good in you. Exactly, right? You're trying to balance it out throughout Mm. the day, especially this time of year when we have multiple functions. If you have the opportunity to get in those right, um, better-for-you nutrients, like the veggies, the fruit, the whole grains, Get it when you can, absolutely. For sure. That's a good tip. More holiday survival tips from Jessica Wolachenko when the main ingredient returns. Jessica Wolachenko, my nutritionist friend, also known on Instagram as Salads Are Sweet, 
She's here today, and she's created a holiday survival guide to help you navigate through the holidays. What's number five, Jess? So number five, speaking of potlucks, bring potluck treats that you will actually eat. I don't get it. Okay, so by that I mean always have a fallback plan. Bring potluck treats that you feel comfortable eating. So when you go to these parties, if there's something there that uh, you're not really sure about or you don't know if it's going to taste good, if you're going to like it, or if it will agree with you, whatever you brought, you can actually eat as well. So that's going to be a good fallback plan for you. Right, which makes sense. Because, yeah, if, it, if it's something that I won't eat, then that's one less thing or one less good thing that I'm going to actually eat and I'll get into the junk. Exactly. I love junk food. Love well, it. this way you can still have it, right, mm-hmm. at these potlucks because variety is the spice of life. And if you go in there with the mindset that you're going to restrict yourself, you're not going to have a good time. So there's there's the being uptight part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you go in there and eat just all of the foods that you don't typically have, well, that's going to lead to the bloated part. So it's about getting that balance, right? Right. Sometimes going with no rules, you just wreck yourself and wreck your stomach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can have fun and eat a ton of good food, but without going completely crazy. So you feel like garbage the next day. And I like what you're saying there about connecting it with how you feel. Like mm-hmm. it's not about you know, trying to always manage weight or a certain image, but Mm -hmm. just connecting with how certain foods make you feel, right? 100%. So, okay, speaking of things making you feel a certain way, holiday tip number six, keep an eye on your boozy beverages. Oh, you hope. What do you mean keep an eye? Keep track? Again, don't go crazy with those two. Hey, there's punch. There's some punch. Oh, I'm having wine with dinner. Oh, Bob offered me a beer. And you got all sorts of different types of alcohol that you've consumed and you don't even notice because you've been somewhere for like a few hours. Exactly. A couple old fashions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you like (laughs) some of those sometimes. I know someone who gets a lot of those. Yeah. So any type (laughs) of drink, right? Regardless of what it is. The point is when you're having your beverages, enjoying your cocktails. It's a celebratory time of year. It's going to happen. You have to live. You're going to have that, those uh, beverages. I always say alternate it with a glass of water. So mm-hmm. for every drink you have, have a glass of water. So you'll stay hydrated. And you know, if you're at a party and you're mixing and mingling, everyone has something in their hand. Those drinks go down so quickly. Correct. So by alternating them with water, you're just going to you know, play it safe a little bit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Again, you'll consume less alcohol, and uh, that's a great, good hangover tip. Kind of avoid the hangover if you're fully hydrated. You'll wake up real nice. Yeah, you'll wake up feeling fresh. And the reality is, too, Kevin, the recommendations and the guidelines for alcohol consumption, Mm -hmm. they're not based on what is best for our health. They're basically based on what is the lowest risk to our health. Mm -hmm. So it's really, um, you know, if you don't drink, don't start. There's no benefit to having any type of alcohol, but really try to moderate it through the holidays, too. Got it. Makes sense. I can't believe I'm agreeing with you on that one, but yes, it does make You're sense. You're actually agreeing with me on more than I, I know, thought. Right. So. No, I'm, I'm not fighting it. I, I, I believe that it's a good thing. Do and you know I mean? that's the point with the Holiday Survival Guide. They're simple tips, right? right. We're not looking at things that are going to make the holidays miserable for you. Right. They're not changing your life. They're just tweaking it. So here is another tip. Number seven, some days just go for it. Okay. So we're saying all the tweaks and tips that we just went through we're saying that some days where you're just going whatever just do what you got to do exactly no not every day but just one day 
bang on. You got it. Exactly. If you if you look at all of the holiday events, like just think about this, right? Back right up to um, even Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and the new year, how many holiday events do you have or have you gone to? And if you were to have the just go for it mentality at all of those events, that's oh, too much. Oh, you'd be done. You'd feel done. completely gross after. No balance, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you need to get the balance and then some days just go for it. Got it. I understand that. So it's almost like you're looking forward to the go for it day. You've yeah. earned it with the moderate days and then the go for it day, you just literally have And then reset each day as a new day. Gotcha. So let me ask you this, Kevin, with your dinners and stuff over the holiday season, do you have a lot of buffets that you like is that how your family would put out food like or is it something that's like at a table and everyone takes some or is it all lined up like how does it work yeah you know it's all lined up because it's my family joanna's family actually closer to the end close to new year's we're having a big dinner it's like probably 22 23 people so yeah it'll be kind of a buffet style where my mom's gonna cook all sorts of different dishes basically put it on the big island and everybody's just gonna kind of grab what you grab and that's a beautiful thing it's to see all that food, all. right? Oh, dude. And I'm going to eat it all. That's going to be my go for it. That's going to be easy, but you're picking and choosing and you're looking forward to it already. But for I sure, do I'm have. At home, you're right? at home, yeah. Um, tips to handle the buffet table. Okay. Okay, three tips to handle the buffet table. You're, and you're talking buffet no matter where you are. Exactly. Okay. No matter where you are, this is a potluck buffet, the fat, the turkey dinner buffet at a restaurant. So number one, when you're at a buffet, scope it out first. Mm-hmm. Okay, See what's there before you take your plate and start grabbing things because there might be something way down the line that you really liked and then you're like, oh, I took this subpar food that I probably don't really like, but there's something over here that I really enjoy. It's a good strategy, which is Look good. at what's there. Because yeah, the pressure of the guy behind you just makes you pick up something because you can't go back. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah, item number 12 is way better than item number six, but you don't have any room left because you picked up two things that you didn't really like. Like the struggle is real. It is, right? man. It's crazy, you know? Some that Those are some real problems. <laughs> well, we're lucky if, that, if that's the biggest struggle, right? First but it's problems, true. Right? We're looking at that buffet table. So look at what's there first. And then my second uh, tip for the buffet, don't eat the same old stuff. And by that, I mean... Try some of the new foods. So, for example, I'm Ukrainian, and we have beautiful buffets for our Christmas dinner. And mm-hmm. we have turkey, ham, meatballs, pierogies, cabbage rolls, stuffing. I mean, the list goes on, and yes. it's awesome. So, when I say take the same old stuff, you know, I'm probably going to forego the dinner roll and the mashed potatoes because I eat those a little more regularly, and I'm going to load up on the pierogies. Yeah, dude. Well, you can, you, there is no losing in what you just said. Right. There's you know no losing. You know I mean? Or like you can just have it all if you want. Buns for pierogies. Like, you win, it's a win-win. It's a win-win, <laughs> right. right? But try the new foods. Like, we don't get you know meatballs every single day right. or turkey every single day or stuffing for that matter. And that's one of my favorites. I love stuffing. Uh, so, yes, that would be the second tip. Don't just eat the same old stuff. And number three, remember back to our holiday survival tip, eat your darn veggies. The third tip is when you're at the buffet, start with your vegetables. Oh, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's tough, but yes, I'm going to do that. So you're going to have to let me know how these yeah. strategies work for you. <laughs> okay. Um, You'll see from how I look after the holidays. Okay. Well, and let me know how <laughs> you feel, right? We don't want bloated or uptight. Right. So. 
All that is great advice I plan to use this week because I'm going to need it. You can download your copy of the Holiday Eating Survival Guide from Jessica's website, saladsaresweet.com. Joel Carlton, my friend, is going to walk me through Weed 101 since I literally know nothing about marijuana, and it plays a big part in our society. So it's always good to stay informed. That's coming up next after the news, sports, and weather here on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. I honestly didn't think I would see the day when weed became legalized, but I was wrong. Back in the day, I really never had much interest in marijuana because I was simply too busy playing sports, so I don't really know much about it. Enter Joel Carleton, who is here to fill me in on what it is and what legalization could mean for the future. So how are you doing today, Joel? Fantastic. How are you doing, Mr. Burgeon? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. You always educate me on a lot of things. Mm. Usually it's drink making. Usually. You know, you've made a couple of drinks for me from uh, you know time to time. Mm-hmm. But we're here to talk about something else. We are. We're, we're basically doing Weed 101. Weed 101. Why not? You know, and I, I know... And Wicked. I know nothing about weed. I, I, really? I, nothing. Like, oh. zero zilch. I've tried weed when I was, uh, you know, when I was younger. I, 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 it really didn't come into my mind again until this whole hubbub about making it mm-hmm. legal again came, uh, came into play. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a really exciting time. It's a brave new world, you know, out there with marijuana being legal. A lot of us never thought we'd see the day. No, and seriously. I never thought I thought I would be long gone and then it would be. <sighs> yeah. We all thought that. And you see a big push, the novelty of legalization, the excitement for legalized cannabis, the, the ability to walk into a store, a clean store, pull out your debit card and buy a joint. I think people are really excited about that. You see that in the lineups yeah, outside the stores. You see that in the big push across Canada. It's just blowing up in the media too, the excitement. Um, and we even have some shortages now is being mentioned in the media as well, just some inventory shortages. I mean, that's to be expected with such a short window mm-hmm. before legalization for both the government and the private producers to get ready for building this whole new industry, you know, that's never been done anywhere in the world. It's it's a tall order in two years for a crop that takes roughly five months to produce mm-hmm. product. I mean, you're looking at only two crops, and I mean, trial and error dictates that you would need to, to take much longer to affect not only quality of product, but logistics and supply chain um, independence, you know, or whatever the term would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what were your, your first thoughts when you heard that or knew that weed was actually going to become legal? I didn't know what to think, really. I mean, we, we've we obviously had such a robust black market and some people call other parts of the market the gray market. What's um, gray market? What does that mean? Exactly. I don't know. I, honestly, it's all just a market um, to me. Um, black market being, I guess, illegal drug dealers underground, gray market being more organized uh, pop-up, like... Um, little farmer's markets for cannabis and, and edibles and stuff, which have occurred in the past in Canada and are very prevalent in the United States, especially in legalized states like California and, and those. But um, it, despite the fact that we've had a robust black market for so long, I guess that's kind of why I didn't really feel like, like what would legalization do really and how would it look? Right. Like it, when we first heard that Trudeau was going to legalize marijuana and that was his platform issue and then he came in in the landslide victory, shocker. I mean, we had no idea what it was going to look like. Would it be identical to alcohol? Would it be identical to cigarettes? And those are comparisons come, that are unfair. True? Would it even come true? Would, would it like, even come true? Exactly. Right. We had no clue. And quite frankly, I'm sure a lot of us thought, ah, it'll never happen. Because, That's what I thought. Well, I mean, government, it's tough. You know, it's, it's a tough job running a country. And I mean, you can say you want to do something, but it's a lot harder to get into office and to actually 
do it, but this seemed to be doable. And I think putting it under the purview of Health Canada was smart because it is a health issue. But then furthermore, one could ask, well, why isn't it sold in pharmacies? Why isn't it an over-the-counter drug like uh, Flonase or, uh, or something, you know, like, which was recently removed from the prescription list and now is over-the-counter? Um, I mean, it's I'm going to get some Flonase and you're going to pick me up uh, a couple joints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so I don't know. There's just all sorts of things happening right now. It's a really big deal. And you see in the news all the time, all sorts of stuff is happening with cannabis in the industry. You see on social media, all sorts of stuff is happening. But I stress to, to folks, the most important thing is to take everything with a grain of salt, to do your own research, to read between the lines. And don't just, you know, don't just ask your friend or have your friend or, or acquaintance or family member just tell you something about cannabis or what's happening and then believe that that is just must be the case. You have to do your research. And the problem is, is that in that black market, that gray market for so long, for decades and decades in prohibition of cannabis... That's where we got our information from. That's who we learned from was our friend, our acquaintance, because it was oh. illegal. There was no access. There was no weed school. There was no weed 101. Was right? a lot of that information misinformation? Yes. Yes. Myths, misinformation, inaccuracies, all sorts of stuff. Um, just everything across the board was wrong. The quality of the product was, was difficult to ascertain. Um, just everything. There was, no, there was no accountability in the industry because the industry was black market. Ironically, they managed to maintain logistics and supply which the government hasn't figured out yet, but that's okay. They'll get there. It's, you know, going to take time. Right. But, um, so I mean, the black market, that. the black market had, you know, no regulation and a heck of a lot of people working on that for a long time. So mm -hmm. it's no wonder they're all, they're all happening there. But you look at Colorado, I believe in Colorado, we're about four years into their legalization and they still have a robust black market in place. So, yes, of course. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at prohibition of alcohol and I should know this, but I don't, how long did it take? How many years until the bootleggers finally stopped selling the bathtub gin? I don't know. It probably wasn't overnight. Why do you think it exists? Why, why do you think they coexist, coexist for so long? Pricing, price-wise, like uh, cheaper in the black market, or right? Like, you know, it's just supply and demand. It's just a market. If it's pretty much every single reason why any person, any consumer might purchase a product: convenience, accessibility, the location, ease of ease of access, uh, communication with the individual selling it. They just know them. They're they're a friend. They've done it for so long. They're they might live with them. They might be a neighbor. They might work with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are all factors that make it just unbelievably easy right. it's like kijiji when you buy something on kijiji like a used item you don't have to go park in a parking lot walk across the parking lot find the item in the, the store shelves wait in line to buy it you just drive up into a in a community center meet the guy really quick buy the item the comic book or whatever hand him the cash and drive away so even that's more convenient it's kind of essentially the same thing mm -hmm. as a drug deal essentially mm -hmm. that that interpersonal that meeting and that transaction. So the convenience is there, but then we have other issues like price and quality is just ridiculous, right? Again, the producers, the legal producers and the government scrambling in only two years, which is the blink of an eye for a massive agricultural industry like this mm -hmm. to come out of the blue. They struggled so much to get this cracking in such a short period of time. You know, let, let's break down right. and, and talk about weed itself, what weed is, the different kinds of right, weed. Right, right. <clears throat> so cannabis... Marijuana, weed, chronic. <laughs> cannabis. <clears throat> so cannabis. They're hilarious. Cannabis 101 is a topic that I believe that is going to be more and more popular as time goes on, as the public starts to get out of the novelty phase of legal cannabis and people start to actually look at the ways that it could uh, help them. 
in a therapeutic way, you know, in uh, in conjunction with asking advice from their healthcare provider or doing their own research, persons in the future might find that they want to employ cannabis in their personal life in some way. And I don't mean necessarily even smoking it to get high. Maybe it's just a CBD shampoo or hand cream that you use to uh, aid your arthritis. Who knows? There's all sorts of angles. But long story short, Cannabis 101 comes down to the plant itself, which is, uh, it's a dioecious annual... Uh, plant. So it has a male and a female and it crops out once and then the seeds fall down and make a new plant. It's not a perennial. It doesn't keep coming back over and over again. Like some that, plants that that's you have, a shame, right? I guess, huh? <laughs> uh, I guess so, but it produces thousands of seeds, right. I guess. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> when the main ingredient returns, my weed sommelier guest, so to speak, Joel Carlton is going to educate me on the different kinds of marijuana available out there here on the main ingredient. No matter what you call it, dope, weed, grass, cannabis, chronic, pot, reefer, herb, or ganja. It's all marijuana. And my friend Joel Carlton is here to break down the different kinds available. So the cannabis plant can be broken down into some, into a speciation spectrum, where on the one hand, on the one side, there's the indica plants, which are shorter and squatter and bushier. And on the other side of the spectrum are sativa plants, which are taller and uh, more spaced out and have uh, kind of thinner finger-like leaves and so those two ends of the spectrum, they produce slightly different phytochemicals or plant chemicals. Which does what for the, for, let's say it's the right. same person taking those two different plants, smoking mm-hmm. those two different plants, whichever way they ingest it, what do those different plants do for the same person? Well, it's, it's really hard to say, and I really can't say that it would do one thing or the other. I can make a recommendation and I can, I can give suggestions, but ultimately it's up to the individual to determine how it affects them and how it works best with them. Mm-hmm. Some people do, uh, and, and also we have to say at this point that the, the speciation spectrum for these plants, it's a pretty continuous spectrum. You can't say that there's indica and sativa anymore. Everything, most of them fall some in between that. And strains, too, when you hear about things like OG Kush and Blue Dream and all these different strains that are popularized, um, it may not, it's also really difficult to know which strain it is when you're accessing that strain. So to expect what's on the label, uh, whether it says Indica or Sativa or Blue Dream or whatever, it's hard for us to build expectations around that. Mm-hmm. We have to go very slow and take our time and dose very, very minimally and do lots of our own research, you know, because our, because our systems are all different. Right. But to answer your question, people would, would admit that on the Indica end of the spectrum, you get more sedative, couch lock, relaxation, and body highs. Mm-hmm. And further on to the sativa end of the spectrum, you may experience more um, euphoric, ecstatic, energetic, uplifting head highs. And so what people say, and again, this I caution everyone to do their own research, what people say is, is that the indica might be better for nighttime and relaxation on the couch watching a movie, eating popcorn, whereas the sativa might be better for daytime when you still have things to get done or, or work to, to accomplish. Uh, but again, I mean, it, it really depends on each individual's uh, personal systems, their bodily systems, how they accept that those those plant chemicals and how they experience that. But it also, of course, has to do with the fact that you might think you're buying an indica and it could be closer to a sativa because most of them are hybridized to begin with. It's really, it's complicated, I guess. Um, cannabis 101 is a tricky one, really. I mean, it, oh, I guess it comes down to it's a plant that has chemicals that affect you. And so it's up to us as as persons to find the best, safest, most appropriate application for us in our personal situation, because everybody's different. And I encourage people to talk to their healthcare provider, do their own research. There's a wealth of uh, amazing books and knowledge out there. And to engage persons like myself that do study cannabis abroad in North America 
and try to study peer-reviewed academic journal research and bring together as much scientific facts as we can to really figure out what the heck's going on. Because in Prohibition of Cannabis, we didn't have that ability to to put together this pile of info. It's like, okay, guys, this is it. This is the facts. When you look at modern medicine and modern science, they've done that hypothesis, conclusion, that whole system exists for a very important reason. And we haven't even been able to fund studies on cannabis right, for so decades. Now, now that it's legal, it can move forward in that kind of direction. Mm, well, we hope, yeah. And I think that it will. I mean, I, I believe it was 12 or 13 years ago, fact check, some time ago in Canada that we legalized hemp for agricultural production. And now we have, again, fact check, I think it's like 33,000 square kilometers or whatever, in, uh, or square acreage of whatever, of hemp in Canada for industrial production, for fibers and for textiles. So when that occurred, I mean, that was a huge boon for the industry, the cannabis industry in total, because hemp is in, in the, uh, the spectrum of cannabis. It doesn't get you high, but it has a lot of other bonuses. Mm-hmm. So when hemp was legalized for agricultural production finally we were able to do research on that in canada and that's been going on for just over a decade Mm -hmm. so you're going to see all sorts of cool textile and plastics they can make plastics out of hemp and all sorts of cool stuff um fuel you know animal feed it just goes on and on so i don't know i mean i just i feel like canada could really lead the way on this on the global scale for research into not only the therapeutic and the medicinal effects but also hemp and the, the industrial applications everything it's an incredible time to be alive i'm sensing that you you like cannabis i'm sensing that well yeah i mean i don't know we're we're living in a really scary time kevin we're living in a scary time you look at the way that we have massive massive incidences and again i'm not a doctor i'm not a researcher i'm not a scientist so i'm just some dude talking on the radio right now but we have massive incidences of mental illness interpersonal violence um, poverty, there's all sorts of things that are wrong with the world. And if we can help people in any way, I think that would be a great legacy to leave behind for future generations. If, uh, if, if adopting cannabis and hemp production into, into the legal world can aid the environment, can aid people's well-being, can aid access to, to cheaper medicines, can aid indigenous persons up north uh, because reserves now are getting involved in the cannabis industry... Um, there's, there's incredible thing. Long Plains First Nation, I believe has a, uh, a store going in. That's groundbreaking. That's incredible for that community and any Northern community that's, that's remote and needs, you know, uh, economic drivers. Mm-hmm. So just across the board, it's just a win-win for people, Kevin. And it's by the people for the people. It's a plant. It grows out of the ground. No one can take that away from us. It can never belong to the corporations. I can't, I can't accept that. You know, the corporations, they, they're taking everything from us now. Like, what's going to happen? Where's all the money going, Kevin? The Kevin, Kevin, where's no. the money going? When you, when you spend money on big corps, yep. the money goes away up, the up into the, the stratosphere of Swiss bank accounts. Yeah. We've got to keep the money in the people, oh, in the hands of the you. people, I and the control, you. the control of, of uh, the, you know, the, the bounty of nature. Fully. Okay, so I, you know I love the internet, right? And everything on the internet is true. Every so, single thing. Every single thing. So I found a site that has facts and myths about marijuana that I'm going to say what they are. Okay. And weigh in on what oh, you man. Think Here about we go. That. All right. Sure. Myth number six <laughs> using marijuana leads to crime and, delinquen- and delinquency. Uh, okay. So on the first topic there, and this is interesting. People for a very long time considered cannabis to be a gateway drug. What that means is that it is, it is when you try cannabis. That's funny. You said the, the first thing you said <laughs> led to myth number five, which is marijuana use leads to dependency or addiction. 
Mm-hmm. And well, and so what the gateway drug hypothesis would seek to posit is that individuals who use cannabis are at higher risk to use. Uh, they're they're predisposed at a higher rate to use other drugs because they tried cannabis. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense at first glance. You know, you use a drug, you want to use another drug. Drugs are drugs. Makes sense, I guess. I don't know, whatever. But the reality is, is that when you really break it down and you study it, it's 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 pretty it's a pretty heinous myth. It's a it's totally false. If anything, the only reason why access to cannabis may increase the propensity to use other drugs like cocaine or methamphetamines or whatever is only because it has been made black. It has has been prohibited. Marijuana has been prohibited, which means to access it, you have to go through the black market. To go through the black market, you have to access a drug dealer who probably is also may, may, probably not, but may also be selling cocaine, ecstasy and other drugs. So when you go to buy your marijuana, they might say, oh, I also have etc. available if you wish. Right. Or so it's a basic we'll, logistical issue. Right. Yeah. Um, so as the industry evolves, will you return every few months and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it and talk about I'd like that. that. Yeah. yeah, because you know what, Kevin, we're going to see some really incredible changes in this industry. I right. mean, when we heard that it was going to be legalized originally, um, we'd had no idea how it was going to unfold. Now we know how it's unfolding. And we see a lot of things that we expected. We see a lot of things we didn't expect. Every province is a little bit different in their regulation. Right. But you're going to see everything change because this is going to be a hot-button platform issue for governments, provincial, federal, maybe even municipal, but probably not because none of it's really their purview. But specifically, provincial and federal, we're going to see massive platform promises that are made by the future parties that are fighting to make that, to get that, to get in. Mm-hmm. And no matter how it goes... Uh, everything's going to change. With the home growing in Manitoba, those laws are going to change eventually. Edibles and concentrates are going to change eventually. Everything's going to change. Um, the the accessibility for entrepreneurs, like what they can do in the industry, how they can act as business persons mm-hmm. in the industry is going to change too. So you're going to see all sorts of exciting uh, services and businesses that are popping up surrounding the industry right. where people are seeking to support that industry. Um, so we're going to need to definitely catch up every three to six months and talk about cannabis because there's just all sorts of things happening. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks to Joel for my Weed 101 lesson, and thank you to Jessica Wilichanko for sharing her holiday eating survival guide available at saladjasweet.com. Happy holidays, kids. Be good to each other, and let's do this again next week. Peace. This is 680 CJOB.